I'm Trisden. And I'm Ray. What we hope to do here is find a little bit of middle ground on some of these extremely polarizing social and political issues. Welcome everybody to Extreme Common Sense. What's up, Ray? Hello, Trisden. Good to be back, man. It has been a few weeks. Yeah, we took a little breaky break. Figure our listener missed us. You know, I actually text Todd and, and <laughs> to ask how he was doing last week, and uh, he was doing good. Todd. <laughs> the kid at work named Todd. He just drives me nuts, man. Really? How come? Well, we have a no shorts policy. He insisted on wearing shorts today and then telling me every reason why the policy shouldn't exist. <laughs> I'm like, take it up with Lucas. Got the first subpoena in my life today. Really? How'd that go? I guess it's something that happened a couple of months back at Galaxy, and they want some videotape, but uh, I don't know why they... I think it's the Commonwealth versus this guy, so I guess there's a suit, and uh, I've, I've never been subpoenaed. I have led a boring life, never been involved in a lawsuit. I suppose you have. So you're not a Trump? Um, no, no. So uh, I have I, not. I've never been never a part been, of... No, no. me either. So it, it, it's kind of funny. It's like, like I didn't do a thing. I'm just happened to be the guy that's the general manager of the place, but they wanted this tape, so ironically... One of the owners is, uh, he'll remain nameless, but he's the uh, county judge, a circuit court judge, and his name was on the subpoena. So I texted him, said, what's up with this? And I told him, we don't really have that tape anymore. Perhaps we should have, but we don't. So he said, all right, hopefully I'll get this thing taken care of. You won't have to go to court. But they on the subpoena, it says, you are commanded, commanded wow. to appear in court on, I think, July 17th. It's like, commanded? Holy shit. That's big language. These people are serious. Yeah. Yeah. So... I guess if you ignore it, they can come for you. I mean, I don't yeah, know. That, that would be, I think, contempt of court. Of subpoena. Yeah, you contempted and you Christ. would go to jail over something that was completely to unrelated to me. And go back to the kid with the shorts because I'm fascinated by this. And even looking at, you know, when I entered the workforce, which seems like 4,000 years ago, but probably 20 years ago, I, I was a server at a pizza hut and walked in one night and the the man, not the manager, the owner was there. And she was like, you need to go shave before you come back. Wow. And I mean, I can't even imagine now, you know, nobody cares about stuff like that. I yeah. mean, it was just a different time. It's harder. Right? Yeah. It's harder to care about it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was just a policy that we laid down. Honestly, it's going to sound sexist, I'm sure, but it was getting a little crazy with the, with the females, specifically the bartenders. They were wearing short shorts. So you can't really discriminate. So we just said no shorts. And Lucas said that was a policy they had had at Eastland in Lexington where he came from. So I was hip. Okay. But, you know, there's always going to be somebody to to test the, you know, yeah, test how strong. So I just said to Todd, just go talk to Lucas. I'm, I, I did say to him, <laughs> I said, he's like, what are you yelling at me for? I'm like, all right, I'll tell you what. I'm done yelling, but I'll tell you what. Because Todd's the same age as Brielle. I'll tell you what I tell my kids. I don't yell unless I have a reason to yell. If you'd have just worn pants. I wouldn't be yelling. <laughs> so what do you do? Like, what's the punishment at that point? Like, none. What are we going to do? Just try and admonish him and ask him to not wear shorts the next day <laughs> nice. and see what he does. Now, we had two fights. Not, not fights, but um, Luke's and I had two debates. One was cell phones. The other was shorts. He got his shorts uh, edict in place, but I was never able to get the cell phone edict because he said to me, I just wanted the kids to, you know, we're in a bowling alley. There's 400 lockers. We'll assign each kid a locker, put your cell phone in the locker, check it on your break, whatever. Um, but he just said, man, you don't want to fight that fight. You don't want to really sell, uh, fire somebody over a cell phone. So I just capitulated. But I have found this, Trizen. There's no middle ground. Either you take them from the kids or the employees uh, or you let them have it. But if you let them have it, realize they're going to be on it. Sorry. They're going to be on it if they have it. Yeah. There's no way to say, all right, take your phone, but only be on it a little. No, they're just on it all the time. Right. 
And, and that's so tough too, because my thought on it is, A, to your point, it's probably going to be really hard to get and keep employees without with those cell phone rules in place. But if you're doing customer service, right. man, you right. can't be standing there with people right. in line right. looking at your phone. And that is the thing that probably tends to happen. Yeah. So I've tried to cut that middle ground and say, at a minimum, don't be on your phone, you know, at the exclusion of, uh, is that right? At the, you know, expense of a customer. Oh, okay. Okay. But I swear, Tristan, I'll still say on the camera, so we got cameras everywhere. There's a customer and I'll say to uh, uh, Lucas, let, let's see how long it lasts. You know, if it hits 15 seconds, I'm going out there and there's you standing in front of this kid. And then, oh, and they always look embarrassed when they look up. Like, right. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Look up from your phone. Right. I mean, it's just, and it's only going to get worse, right? Like this, it's not like so. there's going to be less apps and less ways to communicate and, you know, things less that things are going to make you stare at it. Right. Well, that's the thing. I date myself by saying, you know, who you texting, who you Facebook and Raymond's like that, not texting or Facebook. And there's a thousand things to do on my phone. Oh, my brother and I talked about it. He's a 35 year school teacher, man. How about school teachers? Which, you know, I guess, oh, again, I'll repeat what I said. Either you take the phone or if you allow it, then you have to know they're going to be on it because right. there's really no middle ground. There's yeah, just not. That's true. Because the kids are not going to self-police themselves. Sure. Self-police themselves, yeah. That sounds um, like something I would say. But they, um, I, to me, there's never been a, 25 years ago, cell phones didn't exist or very limited. 25 years later, they're ubiquitous. They are ubiquitous. Everybody has a damn Indeed. phone. We're on them all the time. And, and. And in that period, there was never a book of etiquette written. Sure. There just wasn't. Yeah. They just, so we've sort of are figuring it out as we go, because I'm going to sound very old here, but to me, Tristan, there is nothing ruder, and we've all had this happen. And I've said this to the kids, and they're like, well, you're old, whatever. You pick somebody up. Andrew's a great example. A young guy that works for us, good kid. I used to pick him up a lot. He was without a car. First thing they do, they didn't even say hello. They get in the car, and they're on their fucking phone. <laughs> It's right. like you're sending a message to me, to the person who just picked you up or the person who's driving, <laughs> but that, you know, this person is more important than you. So much At more. At least important. say good morning, for God's sake. That's, and, and, and maybe I'm just the old curmudgeon, too, but that's not too much to ask, right? I don't like think 30 so. 30 seconds of pleasantries, because I'm sure I'm guilty of getting in a car with somebody else driving. Five minutes later, I'm pulling it out. Once the, you know, you have that first awkward silence, but I'm going to give you that. Oh, thanks for driving, that kind of thing. Here's a, a quick funny one. My mother-in-law, who used to give me so much shit for being on my cell phone, just, you know, oh, you kids. Now she's got one? Well, not only oh. does she have one, you know, we had uh, dinner for um, something a couple weeks ago in London. She was just staring at that fucking thing, man. She was just on it. And I kept <laughs> calling her out. I'm like, wow, Kathy, you know, you really, you've really been on that phone. And oh, well, I'm just waiting for this message or whatever. And it's like, that's, they're just addictive. Like they they get us all. And see, so it's all ages. So I got that's old, completely. I and got to your credit, out. like there's definitely people way older than you that are, you know, staring at that phone. And you have, to your credit, done a pretty good job of not being completely engulfed. Yeah, no, I'm not on it a whole lot. I'm really not. And and in fact, uh, I'll go like my brother and sister are back now, volleying on the text thread. Conservative sister. Oh, I, I wish I was on that. That would be fun to read. I could forward it to you. Some of it is nuts. I'm yeah. sort of the middle ground guy, but he had given up for a long time. But then he came back on, and I'll. I'll open the phone, Tristan, to like 53 messages. I'm not kidding you. Wow. Because I'm not checking it all the time. So right. two hours will go by and I'll pick up my phone and say, oh, this is going to be fun. 53 <laughs> messages. But um, 
Yeah, it, it, it's a funny thing, cell phones. They just so I golfed on uh, Father's Day, Raymond, and then the two Rising Boys. Good Father's Day. Yeah, it was great Father's nice. Day because uh, the you know Jay, especially JJ, was like an adopted son. His younger brother Joe, great kid, golfed with us. Brings his fucking cell phone to the tee. Like, God damn, can't you at least leave it in the, to yeah. the tee? Yeah, right. So while yeah. we're teeing off, he's got to be looking. Now he'll hand it to his brother and say, hold it while he hits his drive. <laughs> I wow. mean, that's an addiction, man. That's pretty rough. You can't, you know, and I you would, got your cell phone with you while, you know, literally while you're hitting a <laughs> golf shot. Come on, man. And I equally am addicted. Like, no, you know, doubt in my mind, I would struggle to not have my cell phone. But even I would leave it in the cart for the shot and go back to it in, you know, 30 well, seconds. I mean, there's three other guys. It's going to take each one of them, you know, 20 seconds to hit. That's a minute that you can be on the phone That's instead of actually engaging somebody. Crazy. And then he got, he got pissed at two things, which <laughs> you want to hear something funny? Sure. That Raymond told me afterwards, which is funny. So we're playing at Battlefield. Tristan knows well for the uninitiated. It's a golf course here in Brea. That's a wonderful little course. And as I've gotten older and my game's gotten shorter, I, I love Gibson Bay, but I actually like playing Battlefield more. It's more suitable to my game. It's a pretty short course. Nice. So we're, we're at the turn, and we're going to get something to drink, and we're walking up, four of us. It's me and two 30-year-olds, and Joey's probably 19. And I'm talking about the Battle of Richmond. It's big Civil War uh, site, and the building predates the Civil War. They said they used it as a hospital, whatever. And I'm like, man, that's a really cool building. I go, Joe, just because this is the way I am. When was the Civil War fought? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? He goes, oh, that's a model education. I go, bullshit. Put the education aside. It has nothing to do with you. You have no idea. Can you put it in a century? Nothing. He's not. Really? So, right. So now- me being me, because I am an antagonizer, I'm hitting them through the, that was at the turn, so the uh, 10 through 18. And how old Joe, is, nothing, how old is 19. this? 19. Wow. But what was funny was we walk into the the the, the, the building, you know, the, the, the Civil War building, and I think it was built in like 1837. And I say to the kid who's working it, when was the Civil War? Now, Joe's with me. I don't say hello to him. I don't say anything. I said, when was the Civil War fought? He goes, 1861 to 1865. I'm like, there you go, Joe. See that? So between that and busting him about the phone, because, of course, I was like, Joe, really? You got to bring the phone to the tee box? At some point in the round, he said to Raymond, my son, he goes, you know, I like your dad, but I like him when he's not around. I said, and then Raymond told me that later. And I'm like, well, Ray, your mom probably says the same thing. No doubt. I like it when you're not, I like him when he's not around. That is funny. And I tell you what, this is also the thing I've learned, and I will take this to my mother-in-law and probably almost anybody. People don't like being told to put that phone down. They don't. People are not a fan of, man, you're on that phone a lot. People do not want to hear that. Oh, my son hates it. Oh, yeah. Fucking hates it. I'll go like this. I'll go, like we're sitting downstairs, I'll snap my fingers and go, give me it, because we'll be watching something and he's on, and I'm like, give me it. And then, oh, F you, I'm not getting, <laughs> not getting the phone, but God, they, yeah. And God help it if you, even as a joke, if he goes up to the, use the bathroom and you take it and come <laughs> back and I don't know, Ray, you know, it's, it's frantic. Like, where'd you put it, dad? Where is it? I mean, these things really are, I mean, I've got mine right here next to me, but they, they, they control, they're I don't say they control our addictive. lives, but they, they're what? pacifiers and addictive pacifiers and addictive yeah yeah like a lot of the anxiety you talk about those cell phones are the pacifier to that anxiety i would say well, i mean and i've mentioned this before but to me there's that great paradox you know the cell phone was going to relieve every parent's 
angst about their kid because they'd always be in touch with them. But what it's done is actually increased it because you call your kid and if they don't call you back within three minutes, you've got them in a ditch on the side of the road. Right. So yeah. everybody's anxiety is actually heightened by the that's, fucking phones. That's a good it point. hasn't relieved it. Yeah. It's added to it. True. And that's one thing we didn't need was more anxiety in it's this just, society. Well, True, but then in those moments of you're sitting in the doctor's office and you're you're going to be there 40 minutes, oh, you grab that phone, you've got your earbud in, true. you're watching a movie, Absolutely. you're listening to whatever. No, so then right. there you're completely pacified. That's or true. You're waiting, you know, to walk into a business or something. So for those situations, it does feel like absolutely, you know. No, I don't it know about waiting. Time. Right, yeah. waiting to tee off if you need it yeah. as you stand on the, you know. The, the box, but but Andrew, who you know well, in fact, you could love tell Andrew. your Andrew story. Uh, he is the worst, and I tell him all the time because he's a gamer, and he's but he is literally whenever he walks from point A to point B in Galaxy, it's like this. And what I'm doing is um, I'm looking at my phone, looking down at prison. <laughs> but and and he gets mad to your point. Yeah, if I tell him it, which I do because I'm like me the- and I'm his boss. <laughs> oh, hates it, hates it. Yeah. Does not like being called out on it. Yeah. So you kind of get jacked up at galaxy on your birthday i, I did have a little and bit jacked of jacked up doesn't mean drunk it means a little screwed well I, both maybe but yeah. uh yeah so so went for my yearly or maybe biannual Happy birthday by the way appreciate it man uh 43 three yeah so my biannual trip to sing karaoke horribly in front of whoever happens That's what to makes be it there. fun that is and yeah. i always tell people well, i can't sing very good i can't do karaoke i'm like listen if you could sing very good karaoke is not her. for That's you right you take go to american idol search. Right. there you go yeah. I'll take it back old time. But no, I like this is for the rest of us who just want to get up and not carry a tune and have a good time. Sure. So my couple times a year that I do this, uh pending a coyote okey. Right. And um we uh there was no karaoke. They didn't show up. I called the moment before I left the house because my wife was like, Well, you better call just to make sure. That and I'm like, so funny. I was like, I know it's Wednesdays, but I'll call anyway. So I called and I did speak to Andrew, who again, I love Andrew. Yeah, he's he's a super nice yeah. kid. And um he's like, Yep, everything's uh, you know, starts about eight thirty. So I was like, Sweet, I'm on my way. <laughs> Took a shot, walked out the door, <laughs> rode with my neighbors so I could have that shot. And uh, get up there, and we're kind of sitting around. We ordered food, uh, talking to Gary Gay and uh, had Ashley. Some, Gary and yeah. Ashley, and had some uh, some coconut tequila that they. Yeah, had. I think that's right. It yeah. was pretty good. Eighteen hundred. And so, and I noticed there was nobody around to the karaoke stage, and I'm like, well, that's kind of weird. It's kind of edging towards eight thirty. And, uh, yeah, no karaoke guy. And it baffles me because his name is Rick. He's a great guy. He's as reliable as the rain. And I, I was telling the Tristan off air, Rick uh, is retired. He's early 60s and he does Uber part time. And I think he must have gotten an Uber ride. Did Ashley know the bartender? She wouldn't. I was think, she aware? She I had, think he had they, contacted once Ashley. I mentioned it yeah. to them that, hey, there's no karaoke. They were like, oh, yeah, he's not coming. Yeah. So they so knew. He, he had yeah, probably contacted Ashley. And ironically, Trisden does our uh, social media. So I would have contacted you right. to say, had I known, <laughs> hey, tell people no karaoke tonight. But that's literally once in 50 weeks that he'll not show up. It wow. happened to be the week you were there. Don't jinx me for tomorrow because no I am going man. back. That yeah. is too funny. Yeah. So speaking of Andrew, um, today's Tuesday, a week ago tonight. We were up at Riverbend seeing Dead and Company. He was talking and about I that. And I took a bit. Andrew. Yeah, and it's always cool to bring somebody to their first. You know, it's not the Dead, but it is the Dead. Yeah. John Mayer playing now, of course, and some others. Um, and it is the whole scene. It really is. And uh, he 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 loved it because Andrew is, um, you know, he likes to imbibe and he knows music. 
And he was just blown away by the musicianship and really had a, a, a real good time. The only thing that sucked was the fucking skies opened up and we were a little unprepared for the rain. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. But, yeah, he was telling me that, how much of a good time he, he, he had. It was fun. And my thing with this music, and I've never seen a dead show and probably couldn't embarrassingly name two sure. Grateful Dead songs, yeah. but... I went to a Dave Matthews concert at Riverbend a week and a half ago. Oh, did you? And uh, we get a lot of free Riverbend stuff. So if you ever need tickets, man, hit me up at Riverbend. Dave is probably a not dissimilar crowd. A lot of hippies. I would think, yeah. yeah. And yeah. we've probably seen Dave four or five times. But usually when we make the Riverbend trip, we get a hotel. So I drink as much as I want and I Uber. And so then it's, you know, I'm going to always have fun in that situation. Well, the last several trips to Riverbend, I'm just like, well, I'll just drive because it's such a pain in the ass to get the the Uber after the concert. You're waiting around for two hours and, you know, it's always seems like nobody's ever going to pick you up and you're kind of waiting around. And I was like, yeah, it's just less stress. I'll have a beer during the show and then I'll just drive home. And um, being sober at a Dave Matthews concert, there's a lot of jamming. And if you're not into just musical jamming, which I'm not, it made it not the most fun. So being sober there... I was I would not recommend. But now I've been drunk at the Dave Matthews shows. That's Super funny. Fun. So there's a lot there. There's a lot to unpack there. And and I'm sure Dave Matthews is similar. That that is a dead show. And and certainly that is where the uh, intoxicants have their place. But I've often said that the whole aura of drug use that surrounds the Grateful Dead and and you certainly can't disassociate the two. But in some ways it actually is unfortunate for lack of a better word because it gets in the way of how good the musicianship is you know jerry's been gone 30 years but was one of the top five greatest guitar players you know certainly in the world of rock maybe not i don't know how he compared with classical guitarists jazz guitarists but jerry garcia was amazingly talented phil lesh the bass player classically trained the two drummers were you know studied percussion in africa i mean bobby weir a great rhythm player just amazing a lot of different keyboard players. Being a keyboard player in the dead was like being the drummer at Spinal Tap. <laughs> they went through a few of them. Nice. But no, the musicianship is just amazing, and that's what impressed Andrew. But the jams are long, and it's funny, Tristan. You know, the reason people see the dead, in my case, 40 times, my brother's case, 100. Wow. My brother's case, 100. Our buddy Mark, 300. Wow. Maybe we'll have Mark on someday to talk, because he had been a faithful listener. I'll see him again this summer. Got to be some good stories um, there. Bill Walton. Over a thousand Grateful Dead shows. And I think he is I the all time leader. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that many, but I knew he was a deadhead. But part of the reason is you don't see the same show every night. You yeah. see the band back to back nights and not see a song repeated. There's very few bands who can say that. And, you know, they sort of play without a net. Some night, if you, if you've seen a hundred dead shows or 50 dead shows, you've seen 10 or 15 stinkers. Because yeah. the band just wasn't there. And then you've seen five that are just magical. It's like golf. You hit that one shot that keeps you right. coming back. Yeah. And, you know, so it's a lot to it. They're not, they're just different. I guess fish may be similar. Dave Matthews. Fish definitely. The jam what? bands, you know, it's just, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. It's not for everybody. I think Garcia himself said, we're like black licorice, which means to say that if you like it, you really like it. But a lot of people hate black licorice. Yeah. It's a strong taste and that's it. They go one time and they're done. Yeah. There, there was an old SNL skit one time. That was the motorcycle. Pass. Yes. We've got the windows up. And it's 115. Ambient noise, no extra charge. <laughs> um, there was, they don't have to play all the singles, I guess, at those shows. No. And my thing is, there was a great SNL skit that was kind of like, you know, like 
basically, if you're Tom Petty, fucking play Mary Jane's Last Dance, right? Like, you don't not play so. the singles. Right. And so, going to the, the Dave Matthews show, and I probably know four or five of his songs. Dance Marching. I Dance know March, four or five. Yeah, yeah. That's it. And he didn't play any of them. So See, like, I hate that. Don't you have to appease the casual well, fans that were nice enough to come I think with so. the super and, fans? And, and that really is funny, because yes, that would not apply to the dead, just because the fan base is different. But I went to see Robert Cray here at Manchester Music Hall, which is a great little venue up in Lexington, and he doesn't play Smoking Gun. I know two Robert Cray songs. The other, I know it when I heard it. Now, Robert Cray is amazingly talented. It was a great show, but that was his biggest hit. That's what people know. It's like, you know, Smoking Gun is his uh, stairway to heaven, if you will. Right. Yeah, to me, you got to play it. And I've heard Springsteen talk about that and John Mellencamp both and said, yeah, you know, we may be bored of the songs, but that's what people come for. Now, Springsteen's taking a little bit of shit on this tour because it is the same show with a one or two exceptions pretty much every night. But okay, the fucking guys are in their 70s. They're not probably as energetic as they were. They're they're doing a set list. They're doing it well. I don't, you can, can't complain about that. Right. It's 50 years of rock and roll, you know. Yeah. Don't go well, to every show, you know. This yeah, there you go. Tour. Go and enjoy one show. Think there of you it go. as Broadway, there, right? There, like, there you go. You've right. seen it. You're you good. don't have to go to every show now. Well, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. So There's a kind of a real quick, cool story before we get on anything else. But I actually was lucky enough to have dinner with the band Exile. How oh, nice. Uh, JP and, and those yeah, guys. Yeah, the yeah. whole band. It yeah. was like they sort of just got back together and they were playing this Incredibly venue. talented band. Super talented. Tight. I saw them twice in one night. There was actually a dinner oh, really? in between the shows. They did two shows. And I I was lucky enough to be in with those guys uh, that night, and I, I, I just asked them generally. It was probably 10 of us, like the band members and then like girlfriends, wives kind of around the table. I said, do you guys ever get sick of playing Kiss You All Over? And like they kind of thought about it, and I think JP actually answered. He's like, the amount of success and fame that that song there has brought go. us, he said, I could never, ever like think like that. This is like right. I'm so appreciative there of that song. Every chance I get to play yeah, it, I met them, and I thought, uh, man, that's awesome. Like that was uh, pretty cool. When I was still working for your boss and Exile headlined. In fact, I think my brother was down, Triz, and I think Tommy saw him. Um, and they had been together at that point forty years. And God dang, were they a tight band? Boy, they jammed. They, yes. were, they were really good. And we met them say that. we were backstage with Radio and yeah, everything. nice guys, definitely super nice guys. And to your point, I didn't. Man, they were as tight as any band I'd ever seen tight play band. live. Like yes. They were talented, talented. Literally guys. had a number one hit in 1978. Kiss yeah. you all over. Went That's all it. the way. You know, Madison County boys went uh, all the way to the top. So great. Very cool. A lot of you may notice this the dead show. Man, it's tough to go to Riverbend, and I'm not necessarily trying to make a social point. Man, there is you're not going into a bathroom anymore as guys only, right? Like there's gonna be some women just coming into piss. Ah, man, I haven't made that consideration, but I'll, I, I, you know, or not consideration, but calculation, but uh, I'll, I'll look at that. Really? Yeah. I mean, the last probably three shows. So everything's so slowly becoming unisex? It's just slowly there, man. And I just, you know. Interesting. I mean, and you do worry. I mean, I think to the super warriors of the transgender folks, oh, what's going to happen in that bathroom? And I do think, like, man, these drunken girls coming into these drunk male no, I bathrooms. Like, don't think I, I saw would, that. That's I would pretty be, crazy. I would be concerned. I wouldn't tell my wife, ah, oh, go take a piss in the men's, you know? No. I, yeah, certainly no, I wouldn't do that. Off-putting, uh, at least. So you mentioned uh, a hotel in Riverbend. So we, um, I don't even know what that road is, but came off 275 and we're heading down towards the venue. And, you know, the dead have this thing called Shakedown Street where all these hippie vendors hang out. It's very cool. They travel show to show. So we went by it and all of a sudden now we're, we're in fucking traffic. We can't find a parking spot. So we sort of circumvented our way using a GPS 
and came back around, found a parking spot. But in so doing, because I'd never been to Belterra, I realized Belterra is right there. Yeah. So couldn't you get a hotel at, room at Belterra and walk to Riverbed? There's no rooms there. It's just a casino. There's no rooms at that? No. No, really? 100%. That would be wonderful if there was rooms oh, there. Oh, there's no There's rooms no there. rooms reasonably around. I think the place we stay is called Wilder, Kentucky, which you'll pass on the road you were just talking about. So that casino about four miles track, away. that's right there at Riverbend doesn't have rooms? No. Oh, shit. I know. So disappointing. It would be wonderful. And they do this weird thing, too, because most of the shows, if we're going to Uber, will wait at Belterra. They make you sit for like 45 minutes before you can go in and gamble. Man, I don't know what the reason for that would be after a concert. Like, that's weird. You're having some drinks, come in, throw us all your money. They make you stand in a line outside for like 30, 45 minutes. So it's just that's kind bizarre. of a pain. Yeah, because yeah, I thought that. I said, oh, man, that would be a cool day. Go up early, <clears throat> do a, you know, because it's actually a Russino with the old Kentucky Downs racetrack. Yeah. And then the casino and then walk over to the show. But, oh, okay, I guess you can't do that if there's no. Yeah, unfortunately. Oh, that sucks. Okay. Yeah. So that's it for that. Yeah. Asked and answered. Yeah. All right. So politics. Man, we've got to talk about Trump's indictment, right? The federal <sighs> yeah, indictment. It's been two weeks since we've been here, right? Yeah. It's, you know, it's the left right again, right? That certainly hasn't hurt his poll numbers at all. Oh, no. People love it, I think. <laughs> it's, it, you know, to me, it's just become WWE wrestling, right? It's like they, I mean, I don't know if they know he's a heel, but it certainly feels like he's got that heel element. He's just the bad guy and they love him, right? Because, I mean, I don't think anybody's saying that doesn't sound that, like yeah. Trump. I don't think he would do any right. of these things. Yeah. No, it could certainly be some of the WWE type thing, but also um, the piling on. I wish that Alvin Bragg and uh, not wish what difference does it make, but I think I think it was a bad look. I said at the time that indictment in New York was pretty thin. Hold off on that. This seemed to have some meat. You had people like, you know, Alan Dershowitz, Bill Barr, his former attorney general, saying, you know, this looks like it has some meat on the bone. But for the MAGA people, it's just more piling on. Right. You know? Well, so that's a problem. My problem is it feels like everybody's like, oh, they just want to chastise Trump for every little single thing. But listen, if Hillary or Bill Clinton or if any other president or higher ranking person in the history of politics had done any of the original little things that Trump did, it would have been a big deal. So, like, I, th I think it's crazy that they act like, oh, we're just cried wolf. Not, not according to my right wing sister in Fox News. Oh, it's, oh, no. It's, you know, Democrats get less of a charge and Republicans get more of a charge. And Hunter Biden was just charged today with two, I think. Actually, I think pled guilty today. That's what it was. So uh, Hunter Biden <laughs> reached a tentative agreement with federal prosecutors to plead guilty to two minor tax crimes, admit to the facts of a gun charge under terms that would probably keep him out of jail, according to court papers, court papers fire, uh, filed today. Any proposed deal would have to be approved by a federal judge. Both the prosecutors and the defense counsel have requested a court hearing at which Hunter Biden, 53, I didn't realize it was that old, can enter his plea. But here's the important part. The younger Biden's attorney said the deal means the long-running criminal investigation involving the president's son may be close to resolve. Delaware U.S. Attorney David Weistrisden, the lead prosecutor in the case, was a Trump appointee who stayed on after Joe Biden took the office. Wow. So for those who want to say, you know, deep state and they're after Trump, no. This guy was a Trump appointee who presided over the prosecution of Hunter Biden, and they reached a plea agreement. And you know what? If Trump reaches a plea agreement, so be it. Yeah, agreed. You know, that's so that's how it works. I mean, people mm -hmm. get plea agreements all the time. Like 93% of the time, right? Right. Yeah. So here's my question is, 
Donald Trump just dumber than everybody else, or is maybe everybody just not as corrupt as Trump? Because again, yeah, I don't want to say he's dumber. Donald Trump isn't dumb. That's that whole left wing elitist thing. Is he more corrupt? Yeah, he just doesn't give a shit. He's a mafia boss. He it's, doesn't yeah. care. Because somebody said way back, you know, with the with the September September 11th, Jesus, with the January 6th stuff, like America's system is somewhat predicated on the. Not the good nature, but the good intentions of the participants. Like Washington, Jefferson, Adams, Monroe, like they put faith in that you wouldn't have somebody who was willing to burn the system to the ground. Right. Because the safeguards weren't that great. They were they were more concerned, you know, that they were giving people more credit than that. Trump, he'll fucking burn it to the ground, man. I I completely agree. I don't know what the benefit of that is. Like, you know, with Right. With this federal indictment, it was these top secret papers that he wouldn't turn over, right? And they told him and they begged him and they sent subpoenas. Look, we got to get these, this paperwork back. And I think uh, part of the deal was he said in front of an author who was there on record when Trump was like, he, he said on record, well, I could have, uh, I can't think of declassified. the could have declassified these, but I didn't. Right. But do you want to see them? Here they are. Right. So like, this was all kind of on record banter. I mean, like, do you think Hillary would have got away with that? Do you think that wouldn't have been a big deal if Obama had said that? I no, mean, no. I mean, Trump, part of Trump's campaign was we're going to do better with classified documents, and Hillary was so bad, we're going to have the most secure document system in the history of the world. I mean, there, yeah, to me, I, there's no excuse for I, that. I think he just is amazingly talented at, at thumbing his nose at authorities. He's gotten away with stuff his entire life. He's never really paid a price. And you know what, Tristan? It could well be that he stayed on the scene too long. Because my sister asked me, and I tried to answer honestly. You think, because here's what I think, and I could be completely wrong. If Trump would have said last year, man, this is wearing me out. I myself am 77. I'm going, I always say it this way. I'm going to go down to Mar-a-Lago to eat golf and raw dog porn stars. <laughs> Will you people leave me alone? I think most people like us would have said deal. 100%. So that's right. So then my sister says, well, see, then it is political. All right. Maybe. Yeah, it's, it is political. He's a former president. So yeah, there is po- politics involved. But, uh, so would they be pursuing this with the zest that they are? Were he not the leading candidate? Perhaps they wouldn't be, but also perhaps Donald Trump just never knows when enough is enough. You know what? You pushed it to the, to the brink. You, you fomented this insurrection. Even if they can't pin it directly on you, we saw your speech on that day. You know, there is videotape of this right. stuff, right? We saw you say, let's go down to the Capitol and I'll go down there with you. I mean, you, you, the charge of fomenting the insurrection is not made out of whole cloth. Right. It's a pretty stout case. But So you, you pushed it as far as you can. Now just say, okay, enough. I'm going to go away. And I think the left would have said, I'll tell you what, you go down to Mar-a-Lago to eat, drink, and raw dog porn stars. Because I love that line. We'll leave you alone. <laughs> Deal. And I think further... And again, total speculation because it's a powerful position. I think really in my heart of hearts, if he had done that, Joe Biden wouldn't be running. I think Biden, I is, I think Biden is running because Trump is running. Yeah. He's probably the only Republican that Biden can beat, and he doesn't want to see that clown in office. Right. So he's going to hang on. And so if Trump does that, perhaps we get two new candidates and we start to put this shit behind us. But he just doesn't have it in him. So now we're looking at... What, five more years of this horse shit? It sure feels like it. But, and I would take this a step farther to say, is it political or is it not political because it's Donald Trump? Look, if you're a gangster rapper and you're talking about the people you shot and you're naming names on stage and you're on record and somebody's writing a book, they're going to come after you. Look, 
thousands of people are reading that. That's that's a fuck you. I think you that's to, happened. It's a fuck I, you to launch. It has I, happened. I think that's actually right. not speculative. I think it's So happened. what that is, if you're saying, I motherfucking deal drugs with the cartel, I deal with Julio, and this is where I get my drugs. And, and when millions of people hear you and you're a visible person, look, if you do a shitload of uh, pot in your basement and nobody knows it, look, people are probably not going to beat down your door and arrest you. But if you're one of the most visible people on earth and you're talking about the laws you broke, look, it's a visibility thing as much as it's a political thing. Right. To me. Uh, I, that's true. And you can only, you know, snub somebody's nose or rub somebody's nose, you know, snub law so long or rub their nose in it, you know. But boy, he relies upon the base. I, I, so I, I have said this to my sister. How proficient? You have to give Mr. Trump credit. When he made that statement back in, that's me banging the time, I'm sorry, I make, I'm emphatic in my points. <laughs> but when he made that statement about shooting somebody on Fifth Avenue, he was just kind of coming into his introduction to the MAGA people. And he was sort of looking back himself with a certain fascination. Like, he was sort of speaking off the cuff like, Jesus Christ, these fucking people are fanatics. It's true. I could shoot somebody on Fifth Avenue. And that was seven years ago now? Yeah. That was 15 to 27 and 5 is eight years ago. Yeah. Seven, eight years ago, he made that statement. Right. And that was the advent of the whole MAGA cult, I guess, for lack of a better word. But those people are just absolutely. So again, so then the question becomes the question we've asked a hundred thousand times on here that I don't think we can answer because we're in the moment. I think historians will answer it or try to answer it 50 yards down the road, 50 uh, years down the road. The Trump appeal, the Trump attraction. Did he, did he, I mean, Trump is I don't when I say he's an open empty vessel, I don't mean to say he I, I think again I'm, I'm all over the place here, but I don't think you'd find Donald Trump a terrible person if you met him. What he represents has become terrible, right? I think if you golfed with him, you'd have fun. But he was sort of an empty vessel that was looking for a place, and he found it in the Republican Party. Is that fair? I would say, yeah. And and it was filled Because it's not like he grew up. He was just a diehard Republican from day one. Uh, certainly not. not. When yeah. he was flirting with a run in 2000 on the Reform Party, he was anti-gun and pro-homosexual. Right. You can look that up. I'm not making this up. Right. It was what was left of Ross Perot's Reform Party, and he yeah. was thinking about running in 2000. He was going on Phil Donahue's show and stuff, and he was a, a New York businessman who was absolutely in favor of homosexuality and absolutely opposed to guns. Right. That's not the Donald Trump of today, is it? <laughs> Absolutely not. But, you know, what was it he tapped into, Tristan? What, you know, the grievance and the whataboutism and just the, and, and you have to go back to the thought that there are people in this country who are part of the power structure, even if they're themselves, they themselves are not in the power structure, they're benefactors of the power structure, which is, you know, the patriarchy, really, the white Christian domination, the white male that has run this country forever, and it is being pulled apart, and there is a lot of resentment and a lot of grievance, and I think Trump stepped into that void and said, I'm your guy. And he was willing to give the middle finger to the quote-unquote libtards, and people fucking love that. Yeah. No. Is there at least some truth to that? Of course. Yeah. And, I, and I think, you know, at least in my lifetime, and I, I would expect you would say the same, I mean, it's been sort of a race to the middle as far as presidential candidates. Yeah, for and the we, most part. And we've never really, and maybe you saw just a smidge of it with George W. Bush, but you didn't really have plain-speaking folks that just, you know, sort of said outlandish Things that resonated with folks in, you know, deep rural. Right. Peoria. Know, right. Like Mitt Romney's not going to motivate the trailer park, if that makes sense. No, he's Donald not. Trump has the ability 
to rally the trailer park with his, you know, so there was people voting for Trump that felt seen that had not previously felt seen. I think that's probably a huge part of it. And, and, and that's why his appeal is so emotional, less than fact-based to me. Boy, there's a mouthful because that is the fact. Now, you say that and you have my sister say, you elitist asshole. You see what you <laughs> just said there? But it's not untrue. It is more emotional than fact-based. It simply is. Yeah. Because, and that's the thing with Joe Biden. Look, if tomorrow, if Joe Biden was accused of raping a woman in a department store in 1978 or His whatever. His career is done. Because people aren't <laughs> going to stand behind him in the Democrat Party because it's 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 a rational appeal. Right. We like him because he's not Trump. We like him because we know he's not going to press the button and bomb Russia. Like, we just— we He's feel not like, going to stay in office if he loses the election right. or attempt to. He's a little bit more close to the status quo, which isn't exciting. It doesn't make you want to tune in, you know, cable news every night. But you don't think about the president over the course of a week, which is kind of nice. Absolutely. So Absolutely. Can you imagine if this guy does get back? A, it's the retribution tour. And B, oh it's God. four more years of just constantly in your face. The nicest thing about Biden is an entire fucking week can go by. And unless you're watching Fox, he doesn't get mentioned. Yeah. Because all Fox is going to tell you about is how he slobbered his spaghetti sauce and grabbed <laughs> Eva Longoria. Did you see that? No, I missed that. Uh, what, what was that? Hey, uh, apparently, he was too affectionate with her. <laughs> I mean, Christ on And that's a sign that he's going around the bend. I mean, they really reach for shit. They just, Most definitely. They just reach for stuff, man. Yeah. And that charge bubbled up in 2019, and 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 they couldn't, you know, they couldn't get away from it. They've only piled on. And I, you know, again, Joe Biden has been a gaff machine since his birth. Sure. Terrible stutterer. He's always had that. Now, you know, I I see him give these speeches where he's completely lucid. I see him banter with reporters where he goes back and forth. I I don't know. Do I? Do you see? A cognitive loss. He's he's slowed. Sure, he's eighty, but is he gone completely around the bend like Sean Hannity and Greg Gutfeld tell you every not. night of the week? Yeah, of course not. <laughs> no, and I think and that's the problem too. And that that's folks being in their bubble because you know sure. if, if you only watch you know maybe far left news or far right news, you're just going to assume the other side is you're barely able to get out of bed and put their underwear on. But again, yeah, you're going to watch a, a one hour Joe Biden speech. He's an eighty year old man. You know, he's going to slip up sure. twice. So would I at, at 43. So would you at, at 50 plus. I do so, it every day. Look, it's it, uh. anybody that's going to give a speech without a teleprompter for an hour, you're going to mess a couple things up. You're going to get the wrong name. You're going to slip up. I, I mean, I do it every single day. So, I mean, is it easy to throw them on Fox News and say, oh, this idiot and replay the and one it's mistake? Liter it's literally this idiot. I mean, now oh, it's, it's literally yeah. devolved to this idiot. I mean, have you seen your boy Gutfeld lately? Oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. Awful. And last night, your boy Robbie Schneider was on. So I guess Schneider oh, I missed is, that. Yeah, I guess he's picked up this sort of right wing he thing. Yeah. yeah, he has. Yeah. So you, I know you follow comedians more. So yeah. has he? Yes. What's his what's Last his stick now? I haven't seen much stick or actually haven't really seen him interviewed about it. I just knew that was sort of whispered that he was sort of on the the the, the train on the right. I think some of it and the word that gets overused so much, and I hate it, but use it because everybody's now familiar with it. I can see some of the anti-woke stuff. Like, I can see that as a little bit like, all right, hold on, we're going too far. Okay, I get that. I would probably agree with a lot of that. So I think maybe that's kind of the the, the lane that he's that he's found, Schneider. But <clears throat> ah, it's crazy.
Yeah, well, well, what about, did you see the guy fired from Fox News this week? From the, I from did, the Tucker, Tucker Carlson's uh, producer. Producer, yeah, which they said, super bright Tris, and my brother texted me that, and I said, Tommy, that can't be true. That has to be made up. And he said, Buzz, I think it's true. It turned out to be fucking true. The uh, uh, wannabe dictator, wannabe dictator. Uh, tries to jail political opponent, I think. And what it was was a reference to Joe Biden is what we're talking about. Right. They actually ran the cryon, is that what it's called on the bottom there? I would call it uh, the headline because yeah. I'm dumb, but but yeah. uh, um, that said, yeah, a wannabe dictator, <clears throat> and they're showing a picture of Biden. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's just not a good look, man. And uh, I don't know. To me, it just feels like, and of course, I'm biased. I'm not sitting here as the smartest guy that's been in most rooms, but it feels like a lot of Trump's problems are pretty self-induced. Like a lot of them. If not all, I mean, you know, look, they they asked him for a, a year plus for the documents. He said, "Fuck you, I, they're my documents. I'm going to put them in my bathroom exactly and let any said. fucking buddy in the world look at them because they're my documents. Go fuck yourself." Yep. That's not the best way to handle that situation. No, but you could almost marvel at it. So back to where we started. So I get the first subpoena of my life today, which has nothing to do with me. I happen to be a general manager where there was an incident, but since I'm the GM, I get subpoenaed because we have some tape which we don't have that they want. Okay, but like. Because I'm a middle-class white guy who's always done the right thing. You know, it's like you're a little shook. Like, fuck, a subpoena. Well, now I got to go to court. If I, I, I have to court be white day. into this. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the middle-class white guy. Sure. That, that, I know. I've, I've read a thing one time where suburban white kids can't do wrong things. Like, that doesn't really talk about drugs. But, like, if you're raised in the wire, you're raised differently than the way I was raised because it's sure. more survival. Right. The, the suburbs are pretty cloistered. I yeah. mean, you can almost, you can almost, well, we're really off the topic here, but you could almost make an argument. I've made this argument that, and I probably would never have this, Tristan, had I not left that life and, and gotten a little more objective view. Rural living is real living. If you're raised on a fucking farm in Kentucky, Iowa, uh, Tennessee, that's a real life. You're getting sure. up every day. If you're raised in urban America, in the inner city, that's a real life. You're having to figure out how to survive and get by. The suburbs were invented to kind of protect you and right. kind of cloister you and, and, and let you, you know, not really feel the, the toughness of the or urban life or the toughness of the rural life. The suburbs yeah. were cloistered. They just were. And somebody wrote a book years back about how difficult it is for suburban kids who are still largely white kids to just do wrong because they're just raised in a kind of a bubble, a true bubble. Right. So, you know, it's that great line from uh, Northern Exposure where Chris, the itinerant DJ, he he's goes around stealing um, everybody's uh, cassette players and, that, uh, and so forth, you know, tape decks and such. And they finally figure out that Ed finally figures out it's him. I don't know how familiar you are with the show, but Chris has a great line where he says, sometimes you just got to do something wrong to know you're alive. Hmm. Interesting. There is something to be said for that. Trump definitely feels very okay. alive, <laughs> very, very alive. <laughs> now, you can take that to a place that is not good. Well, no, I, and but- I, I would say to to expound on that point, you know, one of the things that, you know, about myself, when you when you grow up in in an environment that is, I guess, iffy is a good word, or just, you know. Yeah, yours is pretty you're, real. You're not in a bubble. Right. So, like, now, I, like, my whole adult life, like, you know, I don't want to have affairs. I don't want to go get in fights. I don't want to, you know, have this white trash lifestyle. Like, right. I just want to go as far away from the way that I grew up as, as possible. Like, I crave the normalcy and consistency of that nice middle-class suburban sure, life. Sure. And, and There's a lot to be said for it. Right. Yeah. And and I think you, you kind of get your fill of that. And to your point, I think maybe when you've grown up 
you know, with a with a padded bubble around you as a kid and you're not even going out to play anymore without mom watching over you because who knows when the bad man could come and steal you. Right. Like, what are you doing to exist? What are you doing to learn? So, yeah, I could see kind of going the other way. Like, you've never had a problem, so fuck, I want to go have some fun and get in a little bit of trouble, right? Yeah, I, th I think that is a part of it. But Donald Trump does take it to a different place with that middle finger out and nothing seems to bother him. And, you know, he is a, he is a media, uh, not mogul, but a media machine. He understands it. He gets it. He keeps himself. I mean, he literally lives by uh, there's no bad PR. As long as the cameras are on you, yeah, you're winning. That that's pretty fair. I mean, you know, and the hey, cameras are on them. And what about man? I mean, which this is not like brand new, <clears throat> off the wire news, but definitely losing support or getting a, a lot of vocal um, opposition from guys like Bill Barr, and you know, other Republicans are Dershowitz. You know, Dershowitz, yeah. Know, I don't know if Dershowitz is a but man. Bill Barr is really Republican. just going off. Yeah, right? I mean, Barr was the guy who kind of kind of influenced the Mueller report. It sort of filtered through Barr when he said a couple of days before it was released, you know, not as bad as we thought, yada, 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 which gave Trump and Fox something to run with. Yeah, Barr was definitely a guy who was protective of Trump. And yeah, for him Trump's to be, attorney general, right? Yeah, Trump's so. attorney general. Handpicked was the guy that, you know, allowed him to walk out with the fucking Bible in the square outside D.C. when, you know, the BLM, uh, you, you know, uh, God dang, that summer of 2020. Where COVID is in full force and BLM is in full force, George Floyd has just been killed. That was a crazy ass summer, twenty twenty. Oh yeah, and that was the election was year. That was a lot, man. Yeah. The shit was going down. I agree. So I've I've got this clip. I don't know if you listened to it. Um, I sent you a TikTok last night, maybe. Which I did not. Trump, I, Trump I, being, I I saw the headline, but it was a uh, Brett Bear asking him a Brett question. Bear asking him yeah, a question. I'd love so, to hear. So, it. so, so you're going to pull it up. Play it on air. Does it, it need any more setup? Man, only sort of that. I feel like you're seeing a little bit of a, a crack in the armor. With, Fox with, News, with Brett Fox Bear. News, right, Brett right. Bear, and uh, you know, folks like Bill Barr. So, tell me your thoughts on this. Okay, I'm going to surround myself with only the best and most serious people. Well, I did do that. This time, yeah, tremendous. Look, we had the best economy we've ever had. This time has ever seen. Your vice president, Mike Pence, is running against you. Yeah. Your ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Haley, she's running against you. Your former secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, said he's not supporting you. You mentioned National Security Advisor John Bolton. He's not supporting you either. You mentioned Attorney General Bill Barr uh, says you shouldn't be president again. Uh, calls you a consummate narcissist and troubled man. You recently called and... Uh, or a, a gutless pig. Uh, your second defense secretary is not supporting you, called you irresponsible. This week, you and your White House called your White House chief of staff, John Kelly, weak and ineffective and born with a very small brain. You called your acting White House chief of staff, Mick Mulvaney, a born loser. You called your first secretary of state, Rex Tillerson, dumb as a rock. And your first defense secretary, James Mattis, the world's most overrated general. You called your White House press secretary, Kennedy Miltoast, and multiple times you've referred to your transportation secretary, Elaine Chow, as Mitch McConnell's China-loving wife. So, why did you hire all of them in the first place? Because I hired 10 to 1 that were fantastic. We had a great economy. We had phenomenal people in charge of the economy. We had phenomenal people in the military. I'm not a fan of Millie, and I'm not a fan of certain of the television people. But I knocked out ISIS. I defeated ISIS. They said, Mattis... It would take three years, and I don't think we can do So then he goes on like that? Yeah, he just sort of pivots and starts talking about, you know, fighting ISIS and winning that. But I can't believe that he allowed Brett Bear all that time without interrupting him. Right. He never does that. Yeah. That's agreed. 
But but it is fascinating, right? I mean, this is the drain the swamp guy, and and I think it was even unprecedented during his for his four years. You know how many people left and wrote a book like this fucking guy? You wouldn't believe what's going on. Oh over yeah, here. yeah, I, I read mean, a couple a, of them. Probably a dozen of those, right? right? Right. So I mean, he Brett Bear brings up a pretty great point. You're going to hire the best people, and <laughs> these are <laughs> your top sh- well top folks. But that also goes to what Michael Cohen told us years ago. Anybody who gets near Donald Trump is going to get shit on by him. And even yeah. this uh, even this guy Trizen, I can't call his name, the the Navy uh, guy who was like his body man. He fucking threw him under the bus with the. Uh, we hope Tristan Reynolds uh, went through those boxes, and you know he's a Navy man. And do you know what I'm talking about? And he would never, he would never put anything. But if he inadvertently put something in there, we wish him the best. Right. This guy spent four years at his side. He's a bald-headed. He looks like a Navy guy, but he was like Trump's body man, who apparently helped him, or maybe loaded the boxes, or helped him load the boxes. Yeah. Apparently, Trump did go through some of these boxes. Just throws him under the bus. Just yeah. does not give a fuck about anything but Donald Trump. That is true. That's you, it. You don't see a lot of. This part of it was my fault. No, and I not handled that ever, better. ever, ever. No. So I guess in some ways the guys to be marveled at. It, well, it's almost like he's cheat coded the game of life. Like here's the thing he's that what? cheat like a cheat code, cheat like on a video cheat game. Like you put in a cheat code to get to the last <laughs> boss. Or That's something. a reference I don't have because I'm not a gamer, but I yeah, get it. But I it's like, like it. he's got a life cheat, cheat code coded. in that. It's like ah, your wife ah. walks in and you're fucking somebody, and he's like, "It wasn't me. Wasn't me. I would never yeah. do that. Yeah. I would never rot up porn stars." And that's what he does. <laughs> and it's fascinating. Yeah, like every single thing that look. I'm not saying he's guilty of every single thing in the history of, you know, the last eight years, but I'm pretty sure he's guilty of some of it. And the man takes no responsibility, no apologies. And, Everybody else. And his people love it. He, they love that whole, they fuck do. you, fuck your feelings. I you know? think that's it. But, right. Fuck your feelings. Yeah. Now go back to cheat code. So that's an actual gaming term. Right. So that would be like if, if to go back to like the days of Nintendo in 1980, if you played Mike Tyson's punch out at the beginning of the game, you could put a code in. And depending on what that code, you could go right to the end of the game to fight Tyson. Tristan, that is so funny that you would pick that game because I am not a gamer by any means. Played a little bit of Pac-Man when it first came out because, believe it or not, I was in Austin, Texas with a buddy of mine. And we were – this is how different the world was then. 21 years old in the summer of 82, which is when Pac-Man came out. We used to jog two miles to this store that had a Pac-Man game, take a break, play about a half an hour Pac-Man, and jog two miles back. (laughs) I couldn't jog to my fucking car right now. So that's a day or two ago. But the other game I got into – was that Nintendo 89 Mike Tyson and I, so I, I I played a little bit of Mario but that was I mean Patty said she used to hear this you know and like what, <laughs> what is he doing out there and that was going through all the Glass Joe and Ivan the Terrible and all those guys to yeah. get up to Tyson and I did beat him I didn't have the cheat code man Do you remember I, the cheat code I, I, I earned that one I don't nine no. digit code uh-uh. and you could put it as like Zero zero seven three one three. I could probably almost remember. It oh, from. I guess I do. If you, but you did have to earn it. Like you, you had. It would to, give it to you, you at as a you point. went. Yeah, or yeah, you, yeah. I do. If yes. you were rich enough to have like Nintendo Power magazine, oh, it would see, just no, get it I don't. Okay, that, yes. that's fine. Like you, I had a to cheat earn code. Those I yeah. got you. So you yeah, can go yeah. back to the same spot. <laughs> yeah, so, but, oh, but that it's, is it really so funny. Is like he's cheat coded life. Now, do you do any gaming anymore? No, you know what I do a lot of? I've got... Uh, a yes, I do, but that's not gaming. That's called... <laughs> <laughs> Ironically enough. No. Yeah, that could be a game. <laughs> so uh, I've got a, one of the VR headsets. Oh, you do? And I do a lot of... Uh, uh, Boxing so and what a do you game think called Beat Saber. Oh, so love it. It's well, tell awesome. me, how has it not taken off more? Why is VR I, it's probably, expense or, or... I think now it's probably more uh, ubiquitous than you would think. Okay. 
I think probably because it's been are. around now some number of years. Since and the 80s, to me, it seems level. like it should be everywhere, but it's yeah. really not. Yeah. Well, it's there's definitely a, a huge group of folks that have the Oculus. Now, can you do other things like uh, you know? roller coaster ride or a fucking airplane ride or that kind of stuff that's very real virtual reality yeah on yours yeah which is pretty cool stuff yeah oh it's amazing some of the stuff you can do yeah what's it's it's weird to the point of like when i got this boxing game uh and i first did it like you you get in the ring and you're so immersed you almost get the fight or flight because you're in there you know and somebody's taking a swing at you and it's so 3d and lifelike it, it's it's fascinating. I should bring it uh, sometime. Yeah, definitely bring it because we got it a good space here. So yeah, um, so it's like Viewmaster on steroids because I love Viewmaster. You remember Viewmaster? I don't. Oh yeah. So we so there's that uh, age difference. It was a little thing you looked into, you know, a little Oculus, and it had a it had a button. It basically slides, but it was all three D. Yeah. So you would click through. Now you okay? If, I if, do. I do. If, yes. If you did like I, the I didn't know the name. If you I'm did with. like the Grand Canyon. You were fucking in the Grand Canyon, yeah. man. It was cool as hell. That's it. Yeah. That's funny, too. I never put two and two together on that, but that's kind of the <laughs> yeah. beginning of, of that. I think so. <laughs> yes, I that's think awesome. so. But uh, yeah, it's amazing, man. I, I think you'd get a kick out of it. But I do like two games. I do this boxing game and then a Beat Saber game, which is like you're just these blocks that are almost like kids' blocks are just flying at you, and you have like uh, sabers, like uh Star Wars, right? And you're just slicing them to the beat of the music, and they break. And it's just exercise, like an exercise game. But it's great; it's real music. And now, what do the Oculus glasses cost? Uh, and I want to say somewhere three hundred ish dollars when you, I got them. You bought them, or ago. you got them as a gift? Or I think well, I essentially bought them for myself for a Christmas gift a couple of years right. ago. I think. Let me guess; you didn't pay full price. Oh, sadly, I did. Oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. If only I'd had the cheat code for the uh, <laughs> for the deal at Walmart.com. Can I do an Indian? I guess I can. What is my price? That's <laughs> all I remember from when I was at Crazy Eddie's. So Crazy Eddie's was a, 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 a electronic store. These places are gone. There's no need for electronic stores anymore in the 80s, Tristan. And this guy had come into the New York area, and he cornered the market. And uh, talk about advertising working, your business. You could not put on your television or radio without a crazy. Crazy Eddie's ad. Crazy Eddie. Crazy Eddie. Yeah. His prices are insane. And I worked at a Crazy Eddie for about a year. It's actually where I met Jeff, who launched my disc jockey career. And I'm sorry, this is uh, racially insensitive, but I can remember the Indian people would come in and they would always say, what is my price? What is my price? It's like, Here's the fucking price. No, no. What is my price? What is <laughs> yeah, but now, to be fair, it's uh, India is a culture of of a barter, barter and negotiation. Yeah. So they brought that with them. I, I get it, but yeah. it does get old because you'd be like, oh, no. You got it. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, all right. I won't say anymore. You got it. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> what is my place? And so, Troy, if you would just pull out <laughs> since you're back the last three minutes. <laughs> and and I did I tell you there is a Indian, since we don't have a huge listenership, I don't think this will come back to bite me in the ass. <laughs> you know Galaxy is... There's a pending sale. I, I didn't know that. Yes, and it is a, a, a an Indian consortium. Um, they apparently are great business people, Tristan, because you see them in a lot of businesses. Well, it feels like to me, and not, they say that generalizing uh, cultures is bad, even if it's a positive thing. So I will say, in my experience, when you look at the folks that aren't from here, that have the Chinese restaurant in town or the right. Indian restaurant in town, it feels like they want to work hard all hours. To build generational success. Oh, 100%. 
And so, and again, I'm not saying they're every, you know, every Indian or every Asian American, et cetera. Not, not at all. But in my experience and, and the folks that I deal with, like you'll see three generations in the, in the place. Absolutely. Building for the future. Absolutely. And, and right. there is none of that in America. Like there's no 18 year old kid that's been spoiled because his dad has a business that's grew up with everything he wanted that wants to now take over the loans yeah, or no. whatever. Like, no, he wants to go do something and, else. And, that, right. and you're exactly right. And ironically, uh, the fellow who's buying the place is probably 55, and he's got a 22-year-old son, and you know he is buying Galaxy Bowling for that son to one day run it. Now, it's not going to be tomorrow, and it may not even be next year, but somewhere down the line, that kid is going to be running that business. And is and he going to fire me for doing the social media? Is it <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, as I tell people, I'm 63 on my next birthday. So, I mean, I, you know, I was hoping to get to 65 for a variety of reasons, Medicare one, but, um, uh, I've talked with Patty. I mean, we could make it work. I, I, you know, just, there's not a lot of benefit in my job. The pay is okay. I don't even have health insurance. I pay for it myself, but the biggest benefit is autonomy. I can call Lucas tomorrow and say, hey, I'm not going to be in. He'll say, fine, he can do the same with me. Not everybody has that luxury. That is nice. If that goes away, fuck that. I'm out. Yeah. Well, I don't or if you. he wants me to cut anybody's pay. If, if we sit down, he's, why is this one making that? That one? Not doing that. Yeah. Not doing well, that. Well, good for you for so, having, yeah. Yeah, I've already thought about it because it's an impending sale. So, you know. So the final So you may have to hire me. me. No, the final paperwork hasn't been signed. In fact, there was a guy there today doing an inspection who was a great guy. And we wound up talking. I shit you not. So he comes in. He was probably, if I had to guess, mid-50s. He's younger than me. Eh, building looks to be in pretty good shape, yada, yada. And somehow we get on the Civil War. I don't know how. He was a Civil War in actor. He's from Indiana. And Which he was, happened he was, in the 1600s. Right? Yes, yes, yes. 1941. 42. Uh, yeah. Thank you. Hey, we went full circle. <laughs> but uh, he's a Civil War and actor, Indiana Re Regiment 9 or whatever, and he was very well-versed, and we talked 10 minutes, 15 minutes of Civil War history, which was That's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. So, I'm, all right, I'm sorry if I insulted anybody. It is fascinating. I do that. Yeah. So as, as long as you keep me on at social media director, I will not send that tape of this episode to the new owners. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'll tell you what I did do when, when we met with him uh, was I asked him about the temple. You've driven out to see the temple, right? Yes. So we have this, uh, I guess, the Hindu temple, right? Yeah, um, that in, sounds right. In the middle of Madison County, Kentucky, it's the most amazing thing. I was playing hooky from work one day, so you know where, where you come out, Trizen. If you make the right, you're going back to town over the interstate. You make a left, you're going out in the country. Beautiful country. Yeah. Mine Rich's Farm, Chenault Vineyards. Yeah. And it was a beautiful spring day two months ago. I was just playing some hooky on my way to the fuck. I'm going to go for a ride. Windows down. And I'm driving out along Barnes Mill Road, and it's just like, what in the fuck? fuck is that right? right i mean this is like a damn casino yeah and it's this hindu temple that's been built by indian folks so i asked him about it when we well i said you got to tell me about the temple and he said well my dad is actually very and he said what if i did no he does not talk like that <laughs> he said he said my dad is actually very involved and i said is it true that everything was imported from india yeah i said can you even estimate a price tag he said 25 million wow 25 million to build that temple amazing but again i think that's a lot of local folks working pretty damn hard oh my may god have not yeah. came from all the money no that's right and it no, certainly feels absolutely like and, yeah. and to be very fair good and bad in everybody there's been some indian folks difficult to deal with. there's some wonderful indian people the, a couple of guys that own the liquor stores that are they're just really good guys oh, really good people. Sure. you know so it's like everything else indeed Sadly, some of us are all. Assholes. There's a lot of white people I hate too. Just so you know. Well, I think I hate more white people just because there's there's more of them, and I'm related to them. 
<laughs> Which reminds me of Father's Day. You had a good Father's Day. It was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Raymond took me out, and a lot of people. I found a lot of people like me more when I'm not around. Yeah. So, so. it's it's funny for me because I you know I don't message my dad on Father's Day, and it's um I don't know it's always it's always a well he doesn't message me on my birthday the week before so like the divining rod is no, I know he if he doesn't message me on my birthday no, right. then he's not no coming. I got so, you yeah, I got you it seems fair. reasonable so let's do a quick lightning round before you do your joke sure I wrote down like five other things. Uh, let's see, that's man. This the sub that went down uh, the, the, the Titanic. That's man, oh man. scary. Now the weird thing is, apparently these trips have been going on for a number of years. We yeah. just haven't heard about exactly. them because I mean it's the size of a fucking minivan, right? And you're just sitting five people, one, two, three, four, five for ten hours. No, if you're stuck in the bottom of this thing and you're you, there's no getting out, and you've got like forty hours of air left. You just fucking off yourself. Like that's got to be hard to sit there knowing you're waiting for death. Uh, I didn't like the Godfather. <laughs> Remember that uh, Family Guy. The water's coming up. Oh, and yeah. Peter goes. Uh, they're making their last confessions. Yeah. Peter's like, I didn't like the God. What? <laughs> and then Chris goes, But Dad, what about the ending? <laughs> I never made it. I didn't what, like the Godfather. What does he say? <laughs> it, it loves itself. No, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a movie that insists it's upon, it itself. Insists upon itself. It's a that's movie. Right. It's a movie that insists upon there itself. There you go. <laughs> but man, so thoughts and prayers for those sure. people. I hope yeah, that they come out of that somehow. That, that's, God, that's a scary oh, I, way to I, go. I, I think at this point, oh. it's, well, I heard today that here's one of the other problems is it is in amongst the wreckage of the Titanic. So there was a guy who drew an analogy to driving a helicopter over a junkyard and picking out one automobile. Yeah. Wow. Because it's all there's all this other wreckage down there. So how are you going to find this thing the size of a minivan amongst all this other wreckage? God. So, so scary. Yeah. So that. And what do you think of the, the Republicans' defense of Trump? Well, Hillary did bad stuff, too. Oh so whatever Trump does it's, doesn't count. It is a constant of my sister. It's called whataboutism, Tristan, and it's just endless. You know? And they, I just. Uh, the thing that I hate is it, the, it feels like the folks are saying Republicans have never had any subpoena power. They've never had any judges. We've never had the ability. Bullshit. There's been. Always Republican majorities everywhere. Trump was all president the time. for four years. If Hillary right. was that bad, hit the DOJ was his prosecutor. Exactly. <laughs> if there's evidence <laughs> to do it, do, do it. it. Look, nobody's yeah. saying let's let's hide Hillary. <laughs> right. You know, she's our special. Uh, right. You know, exactly. Whatever. Who cares if she did it? Fucking prosecutor. That's exactly right. I hate that argument. Yep, it's a terrible shit. argument. So I got to pet wolves for my birthday. No shit. Got that listed down, so that was pretty fun. Tell me about that. I went to Dandridge, Tennessee to have a little lake stay for a couple of days for my birthday. What's the lake? Oh, good question. I oh, don't know. Okay. Whatever the lake Dandridge is, Dandridge, lake. Tennessee. Dandridge Lake, we'll call it. And um, I was looking at, on the internet of fun things to do in Dandridge, Tennessee. And one of them is there is a wolf dog sanctuary. So wolf dogs that go from <laughs> dogs with a little bit of wolf in them all the way up to full high content wolves. And um, they, they, give, they give like one tour a day. And I pulled the media card and I, I emailed this lady and said, look, I'm with Wallingford Media because I was only in town one more day. I was like, if you'll let me in, I'll get some footage. We'll do a news story for you. But I'd love to kind of have an insider look at these wolves. It seems kind of fun. And uh, she was nice enough to respond back almost immediately and uh, said, yeah, come on down. Excellent. Got me in, gave me this tour and like let me in the cages with a few of the wolves. Oh, shit. Got some cool pictures. So how was, are they? Was a now they're, they're not small animals. No, they're pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. All 100 pound plus? Uh, at most. At most? There was okay. A couple that looked like they may have been right at 100, but yeah, I would say most. I were. mean, but you're basically looking essentially at a German Shepherd? Bigger. Bigger, bigger than a German Shepherd. Yeah. Yeah. 
And it was funny because uh, then the lady's like, look, you have to sign this uh, waiver. release waiver because these are apex predators. So if you're going to go on this tour. So I was like, I wasn't really nervous until that. But when you, you're signing the waiver that nobody's liable for anything that happens once you're in this cage, that that part was kind of scary. Fuck yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, it was are pretty they fairly docile. Um, well, they all kind of ran from me except for a couple. So they, you know, they just don't want any trouble more. So it's sure. like, like most well, animals, they're well fed right. too. They're not hungry. Right. And, right. Right. Know, right. So they just want you to leave them alone. But then there was one who was really big and probably one of the most prominent, like stereotypically the dominant male. Yeah. Yeah. But it was a female, but she oh. came right up and, uh, got to play with her and pet her. And she was like leaning on my leg. It was a blast. So that was kind of cool. But can you make a pet of a wolf? Not the best idea. Not again, apex predator, not a good idea, but these, this is a sanctuary for abandoned like wolf dogs. So, yeah. So are wolves found in Tennessee and Kentucky? I don't think so. Uh, I, I think, think you got to so get either. up to like Michigan. I think you're right. And then out. Yeah. Uh, uh, in the Rockies and so forth. Yeah. yeah. So uh, you've probably got to go to the bathroom, but I'm still going to steal you. No, I'm actually okay. Good. Thank so, you, though. Thank you for your concern. <laughs> Here, pull my finger. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody goes. Everybody right now with the Trump stuff is pointing to Russia. You guys said he was a Russian puppet. That's all you said for four years. He definitely wasn't, and that's why you're wrong about everything else. Mm. But my question to that is, if I had one of those pundits on, but he's not even picking a sign in Russia aside in Russia versus right. Ukraine. Right. Like you can say right. he's not a spy for Russia, which probably is fair. But man, something's going on, yeah. right? Like you got to say, "Fuck Russia." The the Ukrainians need to win this, right. you know. When you have the opportunity to do that, you know, right? So even so, like I think most of uh, the other folks running you know, for president on the Republican side, like everybody's pretty much pro Ukraine. Yeah, see, that's the hard thing. That, not the hard thing, but that's the thing that I think is going to be so hard for these people running against Trump is you can't sit there and beat up the DOJ for this uh, uh, unfair prosecution of Donald Trump, yet at the same time be running against him and wanting to talk about his negatives, right? Somebody's got to get out front. Christie has. He's the only one. Who's like, so far. The guy's a lying sack of shit. Right. We got to ignore him. Yeah. But say, is that going to get any traction? Is there a lane there? I don't know. I think so. I do think okay. so. And, oh, shoot, I, I had a point, and it, it magically vanished. Christy? Um well, let me ask you this question. I'll get back because it's it's right on the tip of my tongue. But with with a lot of this stuff with Trump, it, I think it sort of spilled over the January 6th to Lindsey Graham making calls to Georgia and some right. of the things Ted Cruz right. did. Right. What do you think the repercussions of that will be? I, yeah, it's hard to say. I mean, they it's certainly within the bounds of journalists to ask them about it. I mean, again, this stuff doesn't happen in a vacuum. There's a videotape right. of what Lindsay said before and after Ted Cruz. Yeah. Right. You know, you, you want to blame the media. Yeah, that's fine. But here, just answer the question, man. Yeah. Like Brett Baer. Pretty fair question. True. You've beat but up all these people. You've you've called them every pejorative under the sun, but you hired every one of these right. people. What but does do that you, say about you? But do you not think these guys will be uh, subpoenaed or you know, face legal repercussions. Uh, yeah, you things? know, I, I, I would, I would assume so. I mean, they've already brought a lot of people in, right? They've brought in um, some of his former attorneys. They've brought in staff members. Um, hell, Bannon didn't Bannon talk to the? Uh, I think so. To yeah, uh, Jack. Um, he did. Shit, his name's escaped me now. Jack shit. Jack, the, Jack shit. Isn't it Jack? Jack, the the prosecutor. Uh, oh, uh, yeah. It's, we it's do this live, too. folks. No, no <laughs> cue cards. 
We should, we should, we should add cue cards. Well, it would be a much better show if we actually rehearsed something. <laughs> not, not a bad idea. But uh, so you got, you got some jokey jokes for us today. Oh, I knew this one. You're going to know this one. What's the difference between a fish and a piano? Oh. You can't tune a fish. Oh, pretty good. <laughs> I don't even get this. What do you call a crafty pig? Hmm. Cunningham. Oh. Cunningham. Cunningham. There you go. <laughs> nice. it got, we got it at the same time. So these are dad jokes brought to us by Dad's Flooring, That's where it. we are seated and, and sweating quite a bit. We All right, I'll just do one more because these are really bad. The biggest pan in the world, Japan. Ah. I can do a Japanese accent. You want to hear it? Uh, might as well, man, <laughs> no, at, at this okay. point. <laughs> also, I, I hear the, the next owner of your, your uh, job is going to be Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god hi i'm just channeling trump you have know what? Told you I, no, I will say i do i've got one of my friends from college <laughs> a baseball teammate is half of uh, japanese heritage and man do we shit on each other god we just we go hard <laughs> it's so funny but, some pretty good baseball played in japan oh and, absolutely, and now yeah. japanese players are coming over oh so there's something we didn't talk about what about your reds i'm fucking like nine First straight place, man How about and, that? and this de la cruz kid is the second coming of willie mays yeah he's unbelievable i haven't seen him I, play yet i've, I, seen, I've seen some video uh, uh he's a tall thin guy yeah splendid splinter like ted williams right yeah, exactly. and can he also field yeah uh, uh right field yep and got a cannon can and cover ground yep Five and tool. can run the bases. He's got Super all five. Bad. Yeah. Man, oh, right. man. It's going to be fun to watch. Votto came back. So. And hit a home run. Yeah. Yeah. Reds but, are going to be this, interesting. Uh, uh, least, this kid has like some of the fastest bat speed they've ever recorded and some yeah, shit. Uh, yeah. I think his first hit and his first at bat after making it to the major leagues was the hardest hit ball for the entire team for the entire year. And, and his name is what? Ellie De La Cruz. Ellie De La Cruz. Yeah. And he's been a prospect. It's not a surprise. Yes. You Number know, one was, minor league prospect. And he's 20? Yeah, ish. I couldn't tell you for sure. but 20-ish. Yeah. That's fucking wild, man. Good for the red legs. Right future, yeah. Yeah, because that is a fan base that will ab support, absolutely support their team. And if you like what you see, you'll like them even more when they're all playing for the Yankees next year. <laughs> or Dodgers. Yeah. Or Dodgers. There you go. Now, somebody said this kid's like locked into like a six-year contract. Definitely, yeah. The early contract is pretty long, so I, I don't know exactly what that entails. But yeah, probably, yeah, solid four or five years. Man, that is wild. Well, go red legs. I'm going to have yeah. to start tuning. I hate to be a bandwagon jumper. I haven't watched. It ironically, is more interesting when they're relevant. It is, but yeah. ironically, Trizan, I've watched about 10 innings of baseball this year, but I saw Aaron Judge's injury live where he ran through the fence and caught that ball Yeah, because I called the Ray who was upstairs. I was like, Ray, you got to see this play that Judge made. I think it was Yankees-Dodgers, and they were and they had it on. Maybe it was a Sunday night game because he ran through the fence and busted up his toe, and he haven't played since. Yeah. All right, brother, we got to get out. You doing comedy? No, I got nothing today. I've, I've been so busy all day. Actually, I had a meeting with our buddy um, – uh, Tony Perkins. Oh, this morning, Tony and was he, on. Tony stole Tony was a guest. my uh, my joke writing time, so it was nice to see Tony. But I didn't didn't have time today. Did it go well with Tony? Yeah, it was nice. I, I think we're going to get him some uh, some radio marketing stuff for his for, new business. Right. All right. Well, then hell, just read one. Don't even rehearse it. All right. Just oh, can you do? Oh, you are getting old. The forty three. He's oh, yeah. got he's got the damn thing where yeah, the arm might not be long enough. Out. I didn't yeah. know you were having to do that. It getting took me there. it took me a little while. Yeah. I just read read a long one. We'll see how it goes. Okay. Another talk. I went to a travel agency last week to get some help planning my next vacation. I had been speaking to an agent for a while about what I would like to do on the trip. But there were so many great destinations in the world that I was having trouble deciding which place I wanted to visit. Well, that's easy, the agent told me. You want to spend some time outdoors, and it would be beautiful in Oslo this time of year. Why don't you think about going there? 
I replied, I, re <laughs> I replied, oh no, I've heard Oslo is particularly dangerous city. There's no way I'd ever go. Oh, oh man. Long way to go for long that. Long way for that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You read it well, though. But Again, not rehearsed. Started, only started three there times. Norway, I channeled know. my Joe, inner Joe Biden well, on that. Hey, it was great. To, it was good to get back. It a is couple nice. of weeks off, and yeah. uh, hopefully Todd is not too upset that you know the show hasn't been there for him. Yeah, Todd, keep listening, man. We we appreciate you. Well, Joe Rogan in a world of podcasting, boy, he's a player. Now he's got fucking Bobby Kennedy on the other day talking about all the conspiracies. There's a guy who's taking some shit. Oh, yeah. Bobby Kennedy Jr. Yeah. He's a little wacky. He's a little bit out there. He's a little bit out there, yeah. man. I mean, the whole non-vaxxing thing. Come on, Bobby. And I'm not even talking. I'm not even talking about. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm not even talking about COVID. Just generally, like, we're better off some of the vaccinations. People used to die of polio. Yeah. People used to die of chicken pox, you know, right. on and on and on and yeah. on. Some of those polio awards, man. Fucking tell me, if, you know, come on, Bobby. Yeah, that's dumb. And that voice, I just don't think you could be president with that voice. Yeah. Somebody fix your windpipe, dude. Yeah, All right, so we're out. Yeah, thanks, so, Troy. Thanks, Thank Troy everybody. For coming yes. back. Thanks to thanks to our boy Bree upon Aaron has got some bones to pick with you on oh, here soon. So no. he, he listened to the show post- his last show. How could you ever have bones to pick with me? That's miraculous. Sorry. Aaron likes me when I'm not around. <laughs> Apparently that's a thing. <laughs> Dad's flooring. Of course, we appreciate you guys. The Rational Boomer Podcast, Troy Front Porch Studios, Nate Stoveleg Media. Give us a review online or anything at all. You I want to hear some of those. Maybe next week you have some of those Maybe I could, five stars. Pull up some it's been a while since you've done a five star. I just don't look at them as much. I need to get back invested in looking at the five okay. star reviews. I'll bring some in. Cool. Sounds good, Triz. Great to be back in the saddle. Good to see you, brother. Good have to see a, you, too. Have a great week. Take care. Thanks for listening to Extreme Common Sense with Trisden and Ray. We hope you had fun and look forward to taking on another topic next week. Tristan here with the Extreme Common Sense Podcast, thanking our friends at Berea Pond. We could not do the podcast without the generous support from Aaron and Robin at Berea Pond. And also, my house wouldn't have nearly as much cool stuff without all the items at Berea Pond. So when you're ready for your next furniture, gun, ammo, pallet, they have so much cool stuff, you're not ever going to regret going to Berea Pond. That's Berea Pond at 107 Clay Drive in the old IGA building across from near New Auto Center. Don't miss out. If you're from the area, you got to get into Berea Pond.